This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we've been talking about the basics of faith. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, uh, open your Bibles to Hebrews 11.6. They probably will be showing it behind me. And um, this is a foundational scripture we've been going with. And it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who casually, who diligently seek him. Amen. That's right. So God is a rewarder. That's what I want to get across to you this morning is that when we seek God, God's looking to reward us. He's looking to bless us. He wants to bless you. Amen. God is in the blessing business. And so his whole his whole goal is to bless us. Amen. I just feel really encouraged to recap a little bit of what I ministered last week and go into the sound of faith, which I'm going to be ministering this week. But last week we talked about three keys that makes your faith work. And the number one key is hope. Hope is really important. Hebrews 11 one says now faith is a substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. So, you know, you got to have some hope. Amen. Because faith cannot work unless you have some hope to attach to it. I like what the Lord revealed to me one time. He said, now faith is the substance of things envisioned for. So my question today is, do you have a vision? Do you have a dream? Uh, are you seeing? Uh, do you, do you, are you believing God for more? Amen. God wants to meet more than just your needs. Amen. And he will meet your needs, but he also, he wants to meet your wants as well. And you may say, where is that at in the Bible? It's in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Amen. And so he wants to meet your wants as well, man. And, and he's awesome. Amen. And so, so we, want, we want to look at that. Um, so we need to believe God. We need to believe God in spite of what we're looking at. And, you know, one of the keys to seeing things that come to pass in our life is that we need to write down what we're believing God for. Anybody in here write down your prayers? And, you know, you need to write down your prayers. You need to believe God. In Habakkuk 2, it says, the Lord answered, in Habakkuk 2, 2, 3, it says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely Come, it will not tarry. So here, you know, Habakkuk is saying that we need to write down our dreams and our visions and, and, and uh, you know, our prayers. I know somebody in the church, they, they're getting answered prayer left and right. But what they're doing is they're writing down their prayers. And so, you know, you can pray something and forget what you prayed last week. And how do you keep faith rolling in your life? Well, you got to keep believing that God is moving and he's doing things in your life. Amen. And so you got to keep believing and you got to keep the promises of God's word before you. Amen. Because I'm going to say this, that there is a devil out here. You know, there is the world. You know, we fight three things. We fight the world, the, the world philosophies. There is always working on us and then our own flesh. And then we, then we have the devil to contend with. And he's the. You know, he will try to lie to us and try to make us think things aren't working. But I'm going to say this. You start praying, they're going to start working. 
Amen. In Genesis 12, God promised to make Abraham into a great nation. And I believe that was an incentive to motivate Abram to follow God. See, Abram, Abram and Sarai, before their names were changed to Abraham and Sarah, uh, you know, God called him out of his own nation and called him into a land where he wasn't too sure where he was going to go. And God called Abram and, and said, I'm going to make you a great nation in chapter 12 in Genesis. I'm going to, he said, I'm going to make your name great. And so God, God called Abram out. And, but you know what? There was some time before that great nation was established. I'm sure Abraham and Sarah and Sarai, or Abram and Sarai at that time, uh, believed that God was going to bless them with children because he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. But in Genesis 15, we see that Abraham was frustrated. And we're going to read this. And uh, Abraham was frustrated because he hadn't seen the promised child yet. And so let's look at Genesis 15, 1 through 6. And, and this is where God, God spoke to him in Genesis 12. And then God speaks to him in Genesis 15. And I'm reading in the New Living Translation. And it says here, sometime later. Can somebody say sometime later? Sometimes when we pray, we don't always see immediate results. Is that true? And so we have to stand in faith and believe and keep believing that even though we may not be seeing immediate results, God is still working. And so that's why we have we have to continue to, to believe. But here it says here sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram. I will protect you and uh, and reward and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings? Listen, listen to what he's saying here. Oh, sovereign Lord, what good of our, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own. So one in my one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord said to him. Now, listen, this is what Abraham did. What I really believe he started out thinking, oh, God was going to bless him, make him into a great nation. But I believe in the process of time, he started lowering his vision of even having children. And he said, oh, it must it must happen through my servant that was born in my household. Think about that. In other words, he took the vision that God gave him and he lowered it. And a lot of times when we don't see things that we're believing God for to come to pass in the time we think they should come to pass, sometimes we will lower our expectations. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And I'm going to say this to you today. Do not lower your expectations. You know, he, he started lowering his expectations. But, you know, uh, I like what I like this. And sometimes you just need a God encounter. Sometimes you just need God to speak to you. In that place, you know, that you're seeking him. And sometimes you just need God to reveal truth to you in your dark hours. And here we see here that that Abram, you know, was thinking that God was going to make him in a great nation out of his servant that was born in his household. And the Lord said to him, said to Abram, no, your servant will not be your heir for you will have a son of your own. Uh, you have a son of your own. Who will be your heir? Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky, count the stars. 
if you can, that how many descendants you will have. And, and Abraham or Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So we see here that God you know, spoke to him and said, really, in another translation said, you will have a, uh, a son, you will have, a, you will have an heir that would be from your own body. And so we see this. So God was reassuring Abraham that the promise of the promised child will come to pass. And I like what God did was God gave Abram a vision of the stars. Think about this. You know, out, he would go outside and he would see the stars every night. And God said that this would be, you know, in other words, it's more than just a son I'm promising you. I'm promising you're going to be an heir over a huge family. In other words, you're going to have so many people in your family. Look up. Can he, God says, can you count the stars? And so you, it's hard to count the stars. I did a little study and they say with the human eye, you can probably see about 5000 stars. But really, God was really saying innumerable amount of people was going to be in. in a, see, I'm going to say this. God is not just trying to get your need met. He wants to abundantly supply every need. According to his riches and glory. In other words, he wants to do more than just give you a son. He wants to give you a family. Think about this. And so I think about this. And, you know, I'm going to say this, that, you know, the Bible says in, in Galatians 3 that we are an heir and we are the seed of Abraham. And, you know, I did my studies and there's over 2.1 billion uh, Christians on the planet right now. Not talking about how many are in heaven. And this is part of, Ab- we're part of Abraham's vision of the stars. Can you believe that today? So, so, so God is so awesome. Uh, so the second key we talked about is love. And love is so important. And in Galatians 5, 6 it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. And we talked last week about how love has to be twofold. And that uh, love that we are walking in the love of God uh, towards God and towards people. But we're also that God is revealing his love to us. And really, how do you know if you're walking in love? I didn't hit on this last week. How do you know if you're walking in love? In John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So that is a measuring test of if you're walking in the love of God. Are you obeying God? Are you obeying the Holy Spirit? In John 14, 21, it says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved of my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's Jesus speaking. He's saying that he he has my commandments and keeps them. In other words, we need to continue to keep God's word before us. We need to keep standing on God's word no matter what it looks like. Because I'm going to say this, circumstances and situations and, you know, trials and tests will, uh, will try to pull the word of God out of us. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? So, so we, need a, we need to hold on to the promises of God. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says here uh, how we know that God loves us is... In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation 
for our sins. So really, God loved us before we loved him. You know, it's that old song. Oh, how he loves me. Amen. And, you know, he loves you with an everlasting love. And, you know, I love that. And there's another song goes, oh, how how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Anybody remember that song? And so really, you know, we have the love of God in us because he first loved us. And and the third key we talked about last week was patience. And patience uh, is a key element in keeping your faith alive. Amen. And, you know, we have to have patience. Glory to God. And let's look at Hebrews 6, uh, uh, 10 through 12. And um, it's in verse 12. It says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. But this is interesting. I'm going to go a little deeper here. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards him, uh, towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence for full assurance of hope until the end. So how do we know that we're still walking in love towards God? We're showing love towards the saints. We're coming to church. We're believing God. Amen. We're, we're, we're being a part of, uh, of the kingdom of God by witnessing and being a blessing. And so it says this, that, that, that as we do these things that are for assurance of hope until the end. Then he says, do not become sluggish, or do, uh, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, so, so I'm going to say this. God is taking an account of every good thing that we do. And everything that we do, even coming to church and being a part of the church service, God sees that and he will bless us accordingly. Amen. And so we need to understand that, that God is seeing our faith and he's seeing what we're doing. You know, we just moved into this place and we're in a process of of relaunching the church. And we believe that more people are going to start coming in. But I'm thankful for you guys out here right now. I'm thankful that you're coming in and you're faithful. And you're coming in to get a word so you can move forward. And hopefully it's not the only word you get this week. But I'm telling you, God is faithful and he's moving and he's doing great things in us. You know, the Bible says we need to fight the good fight of faith. And what does that mean? It's a good fight because we win. Can can I give you a clue this morning? You have already won the fight if, if Jesus is in your equation. If you've received Jesus, the Bible says you are already victorious because, you know, that's that's, you know, you know, what overcomes the world. It's our faith in Jesus that overcomes the world. And so you guys are overcoming Christians. Amen. First Timothy six twelve says fight the good fight of faith. It says lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called And confess a good confession. Somebody say confess a good confession. In the presence of many witnesses. So so really, we fight the good fight of faith. How do we do that? We keep pushing through. You got to keep pushing through. In Galatians 6, 9 says, so let not so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So what do you do? How do you keep your faith moving? You keep pushing through. You don't allow the the circumstances of life. You don't allow those things to hold you back. No, keep pushing. Look at your neighbor and say, keep pushing through. Keep 
Number two, we have to keep standing. The Bible says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. And I'm going to say this. God is able to make you stand even when you feel like you're about ready to fall. Do you believe that today? God can, it can enable you to stand and he can enable you to keep standing. So how do we do that? We put on the full armor of God. We, we put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that God's righteous, that, that we're righteous in God by the blood of Jesus. We gird our loins with truth. That means we walk in truth. We shod our feet with peace. That means we keep the peace of God in our lives. We put on the uh, the helmet of salvation because we have salvation. Glory to God. We should, we put up the shield of faith because the devil is always attacking. How does the devil attack? Through doubt and unbelief. So so what does faith sounds like this morning? And that, that's what I want to focus on to you this morning is what does faith sound like? Faith sounds like praise, worship and thanksgiving. I'm going to say it again. Faith sounds like praise, worship, and thanksgiving. There's no such thing as negative faith. There's no such thing as having negative faith. Faith is always positive. It's our positive response to the promises of God. You see, the promises of God are already paid for, but we just have to have a a positive response to them to walk in those promises. Amen? We need to see God bigger. We need, to, we need to hear him louder. We need to see him stronger than the opposition that's coming against us. Yes. Psalm 69, 30-31, I love this. It says, I will praise the name of my God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This is also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bull which has horns and hoofs. I wanted to add that in there. <laughs> So that's, you know, back in the, this is back in Psalms. And of course, they had sacrifices that pleased God. Amen. And so what pleases God? What is our sacrifices? When we're lifting up holy hands unto God. When we're praising God in spite of what it looks like. When, when, when we not, when we're not seeing the promise that we've been praying for and it seems to be delayed. We keep worshiping God and praising God. Because God is working on the circumstance. He's working on the situation. He's working on your problem. Do you believe that today? And so we praise him. And what does that do? That magnifies God. In other words, when we worship him and praise him. See, the devil wants the mountain to be magnified in your life. You know, we talked about mountains last week and the week a couple weeks back that you need to speak to your mountain And the mountain is anything that's holding you back. The mountain might be a disease that you might be fighting in your body. A mountain might be, you know, the enemy might be trying to wreck some relationships in your life. The mountain might be those bills that are coming in and you don't know how to pay them. Whatever that mountain is, the enemy wants us focused on the mountain. But see, but when we focus on God, it actually makes the mountains in our lives smaller. And it makes God bigger. Amen. So that's what it says here is that uh, that I will praise the name of God with a song and I will praise him with thanks. uh, I I will magnify him with thanksgiving. God becomes bigger. Amen. 
The Apostle Paul exhorts us in Colossians 2, 6-7 to abound with thanksgiving. Let's, let's read that. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. This is Colossians 2, 6-7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. There's power in thanksgiving. There's power in it. And I believe when we add thanksgiving and praise and worship, glory to God, uh, to our faith, we're going we're gonna to see those promises come in, I believe, even quicker. Uh, I remember listening to this one minister and uh, he uh, had a daughter and uh, he was raising his daughter uh, as a single parent. And uh, she had warts on her hands and um, she had a bad case of warts and uh, she was a teenager and and he was, you know, a preacher and the Lord revealed to him that he needed to do something about the warts on his daughter's hand, that he needed to stand in faith for her. And so uh, so God just impressed on him because he was the head of the household. I'm going to say this. Parents. You need to stand in faith for your children. You need to pray for your children. You need to you need to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. And so what he started doing, he started pray, praying for her hands to be healed. And he did this for I don't know how many weeks he would he would get on his knees and he would worship the Lord and he would thank God that his daughter's hands were healed. I think they were on both hands, the warts. And it took it took weeks of him praying. And every time he would pray, his daughter would come in and his daughter said, Dad, you keep praying that that my warts are gone, but they're still here. He wouldn't even look at them. He would keep praising God. He would get back on his knees and worship the Lord. And one day she came in and she went upstairs and he and he kept praising God every day. And she screamed and she came running down the stairs and both of her hands were, were totally, they, they were clear, no warts on them. In other words, thankfulness and praise can make a miracle come to pass in your life, but not just in your life. Do you have people and relatives? Do you have people that need God? Until you start thanking God that he's moving in their lives that he's revealing truth. And I believe that, that it, it will happen for you. Amen. You know, giving thanks can make us whole. In Luke 17, in Luke 17, uh, Jesus is, uh, this is verses 11 through 19. I'm going to read this. It says, now it, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. Just talking about Jesus. And there met him 10 men who were leopards who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where uh, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where were they not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? 
And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So, you know, some translation says your faith has saved you. Some translation says your faith has healed you. But, you know, I, I think it's all of those that his faith really, I believe, that saved him. But I believe that this disease that's, that's leprosy, you know, they may have been cleansed, but they may have, you know, leprosy causes, you know, uh, you know, things to fall off your body. Your body actually is rotting away. And so they may, the, the, the nine may have received healing, but they may have still been some areas in their life that, that, that there was missing. So I want to say this to you today. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you feel is missing. I'm telling you, when you start worshiping and praising God, God will bring wholeness into your life. Do you believe that today? When you start praising. See, this man was the only man that came back and gave God glory. You see, in Romans 1, Paul is talking about, you know, in Romans 1, he talks about people that don't believe in God or they don't, they, they profess they don't believe in God. But God reveals truth. And he said there's a couple of things they do. They don't want to think about God. That They keep God away from their minds. And then, number two, they don't want to give God glory and they don't want to be thankful. They're not thankful people. I'm talking about the world. The world, in their concept, they're not, they don't thank God, they thank themselves. You know what I'm saying? They, they're self, you know, they're, they're all about themselves. So the world doesn't think about giving God glory. But as Christians, whatever we do, if we ever have victory in our lives, we should always be looking back to God. If there's any, if we ever have a win in our life, it's not because of how great we are. In other words, it's how great he is. And I know sometimes I, some of you are like that. You say, I just thank the Lord that he blessed me today. And, and, and the world would say, no, no, you, you, that was just luck. No, I call it a blessing. Some people say, well, you just was in the right place at the right time. You know, you just got lucky. No, there's no such thing as luck in the kingdom of God. No, it's, it's called blessing. You know, the Bible says in the end days, people will become unthankful. And so listen, that should not be said of us. In other words, we need to keep this thankful heart no matter what you're dealing with. Now, I'm not saying thank God for the problems that you're dealing with. We, we, I, let's get this straight this morning. I'm not saying thank God for the issues. Don't thank God for that. But thank God for his promises that's going to overcome the issues that we're facing in our lives. That's what we need to do. We need to thank God, not because we got in a a accident. We don't thank God for that. But we thank God that God can, his glory can, can be seen through that. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Whatever you encounter, I, you know, we, we've seen people in this church. They've been through some things, but God's glory is coming out of those things. Why? Because they're giving God glory. We need to be giving God glory all the time. Can I get an amen or oh me? And so, so Jesus, you know, I, I believe giving thanks and multiply your resources. In John chapter 6, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great story. But in John chapter 6, this is Jesus, and there's a multitude of people following him. And so, and so he's, he's asking one of his disciples, he's saying, you know, let, you know, where can we get the money to feed, you know, the resources to feed these people? And, uh, and so 
uh, one of them said, well, we don't have enough money to buy enough food to feed these people. Another person said, well, there's one lad here, one, one boy that has, you know, uh, some fish and some loaves. But what is that among so many people? And so, and so they were focused on the littleness of the loaves. They were, and the, they were focused also on the bigness of the crowd. But we need to focus on the bigness of Jesus. And in John 6, uh, verse 11, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, somebody say, say give thanks. Give thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise the fish, and likewise of the fish, and they had as much as they wanted. So, so Jesus had them sit down and Jesus gave thanks for the loaves and the fish and it multiplied. And it fed over 5,000 people. Think about this. If Jesus was able to initiate a blessing through thanksgiving, how much more if we are, you know, you know, sons and daughters of the Most High, we are the body of Christ. All we need to do is thank God. Amen. And I believe it will multiply. God can multiply our resources and he can multiply you. Through the power of thanksgiving. Do you believe that today? And then, then also I believe that thanksgiving can resurrect any dead thing in your life. Is there any areas in your life that are dying? Is there any relationships that you feel like that are dying? In your, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Giving thanks can bring in, uh, can bring in the, the blessing of life. Resurrection power. You know, in John chapter 11, Jesus's friend uh, died. And let's look at John chapter 11. And um, and I'm going to say this, that Lazarus was his close friend and he was sick and he died. But but Jesus knew that he was going to die, but he knew that God was going to raise him up. But everybody around him was negative uh, Martha was, you know, came to Jesus and she was a little negative. And so and so she, you know, they felt Mary actually fell down at Jesus's feet and said, if you could have been here, you know, you could have you could have healed Lazarus. And, and they love Lazarus. And but Jesus, you know, the Bible said he groaned in himself. Yes. I believe he groaned because they were lacking faith. And that's where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He said, he who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so Jesus is the resurrection and life. And, and in John eleven thirty eight 38 through 44, Jesus, it says, again, groaning himself, came to the tomb. And it was a cave and a stone laid against it. And Jesus uh, said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, uh, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there is a stench for he has not been. He's been dead for four days. Think about that. So she didn't even want to have the stone removed. She wasn't even believing that Jesus could do something even after the fact. I want to say this. Sometimes it seems that sometimes you may think it's too late, but it's never too late with God. Amen. You may think that you made a mistake and, and there's no fixing that mistake. No, God can redeem our mistakes. You know, sometimes we look at our mistakes and we look at our setbacks and we focus on what we did in the past that wasn't right. 
and we and we think that that's going to hold us back. Listen, Abraham and Sarah did some things that weren't right. You know, Abraham, you know, Sarah had a great idea since God told him that he was going to have an offspring from his body. I'm sure Abraham told Sarah, Sarah came up with a great idea. Let's get the maid. You know, since I can't get pregnant, let's get the maid, you know, let's get Hagar, you know, uh, Sarah's servant and let Abraham have relations with her so they could have the promised child. You know, that wasn't God's best. And that was that was of the flesh. Any of you ever, ever done anything in the flesh and it just doesn't work. And then you then God has to clean up the mess. But, you know, God visited Abraham another time. This was the third time he visited Abraham. And he and he said and it, when he visited Abraham, he, he basically said to Abraham, you know, you and your wife is going to have this baby. And God overlooked the mistake that they made with with Hagar and, and, and his first son with Hagar. Amen. Ishmael. God overlooked it and God will overlook your problems, too, when you're trying to walk in faith with God. Amen. And then that's when God had him circumcise everybody. That's when the covenant was cut. Glory to God. And within a year, they had the promised child, Isaac. Amen. And so we see here that God can raise any dead thing and he can fix what we have broke in the past. Do you believe that today? And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Think about that. Jesus said, Father, I thank you. You have heard me and I know that you always hear me. But because of these people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with the grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Think about this, that Jesus thanked the Lord before he raised Lazarus from the dead. How powerful is developing thankfulness in our lives? How powerful it is to give God glory and praise I'm going to say this, you know, when I'm going to say this, when you faith is positive and you have to continue to praise God, there's no such thing as negative faith. What is negative faith? Negative faith is murmuring. Negative faith is griping. Negative faith is talking about how big the mountain is. That's negative faith. That's really what that is, is doubt and unbelief. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the children of Israel did some things. It's for our examples that we don't want to follow in. And they, they did some things. And one of the things they did was they murmured and griped in the wilderness. They would say things like God wants to kill us in the wilderness. Or they would say things like even the 10 spies, you know, the, or the 12 spies that were sent out to look at the promised land. 10 of them said that we they could not. Uh, move in and accomplish the promise or they could not get into the promised land because they were grasshoppers and they kept talking about the littleness of themselves. Listen, I'm going to say this to you this morning. You need to start talking about the bigness of God. You need to start talking about how big God is, 
not how big your mountain is. And the Bible says as they spoke these negative things, the Bible says they were destroyed of the destroyer. Who, who is the destroyer? The devil. Who's the biggest complainer on, uh, in planet Earth? The devil. He, he lost everything. And so we need to realize as we develop this heart of thanksgiving, as we develop this heart of praise and worship, we will be on. In other words, we'll be we'll move, you need to move from Grumble Alley to Praise Avenue. And when you are you hear what I'm saying to you today, you need to move from Grumble Alley to Praise Avenue. When you get into that Praise Avenue, I believe when the when the praises go up, we say this quite often, the blessings come down. And I believe that God has more for us. I believe that this year, like I've been preaching all month, is going to be an Ephesians 3.20 year. What is an Ephesians 3.20 year? He will abundantly supply. He will abundantly give you more and above more than you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. In other words, we're just believing God. You know, some of us are just believing just to pay our bills. You know, he wants he wants to do more for you than just for you to pay your bills. He wants you to have a surplus more than enough not to pay your bills, but maybe pay somebody else's bills. And now you're saying, Pastor, you're really going out there now. No, God wants you to have more than enough, not just to pay your bills. But that you have more than enough to help somebody else and get them out of out of problems. Do you believe that today? Uh, You know, that's where my God, that's what we serve. We serve an unlimited God. We serve a God that's more than enough. We serve a God that, that has an oversupply of goodness from heaven. Do you believe that today? As we just continue to praise him, as we continue to give him glory with our faith, add praise with the promises of God. I like to say this. I've said it before. I like to praise the promises. I like to thank God that he's given me the promises and I praise the promises until the blessings come into my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You start thanking God and praising God. By Jesus stripes, you are healed. By Jesus stripes, you are delivered. By Jesus stripes, that you are set free. You start thanking him for the stripes of Jesus. That he, that he You start thanking uh, Jesus that he was made poor while he went to the cross so that we could be made rich in him. We start thanking God and thanking him that we're, we're that we have more than enough because he supplies every need according to his riches, according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that we serve a God that's more than enough? Do you believe that today? Well, if you really do, you better shout glory in the house today. Glory to God. You know, hallelujah, we need to shout glory. Do you know when Joshua and Caleb, but Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land, they they had Jericho. Jericho was one of the most fortified cities in, in that territory. God picked the one of the hardest cities for them to penetrate. Why would God pick that? Because God's more than enough God. He didn't try a small city like Ai. No, he, he, had, a, he had this fortified city. And what did he tell the, the children of Israel to do? He told them to walk around that city once, but be quiet. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. Sometimes when things aren't going right, we just need to learn to be quiet. 
And they were quiet and they walked around that mountain once every day for six days. And on the seventh day, God said, I want you to walk around it seven times. But then God said for them to do something. What did God say, say for them to do? He said for them to shout. And if you don't have a shout in your faith, then, you're, then the doubt is overcoming your faith. And you better get some shout in your faith. There used to be an old commercial that said, shout it out. Sometimes you just need to shout the unbelief out. Sometimes you need to shout the, the grief out. Sometimes you need to shout the depression out. Sometimes you just need to shout it out. You need to shout to your mountains. Your mountains aren't overcoming you. You are overcoming your mountains. I'm telling you, the bills aren't overcoming you. You're overcoming your bills. I'm telling you, the, 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 God is awesome. And He's moving with, an, with, with the power and majesty. He's on the move. And I, it doesn't matter how big the mountain. There's more with us than with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? There's more with us. There's more angels. If God be before you, it doesn't matter who's against you. God and you are a majority. God and you are a majority. And I'm telling you, your prayers are coming to pass. Start thanking God. I'm telling you, your children are coming back to the Lord. Start thanking God. Start taking the promises. Write them down, pray over them, bless the promises, and you will see the fullness of God in your life. you believe it today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love. And we thank you, Father God, oh, that you are moving in our midst and you're doing the impossible. And perhaps you're here today, maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you've never, never uh, confessed Jesus as Lord. Or maybe you're watching online or you, and you never confessed the Lordship of Jesus. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So you may not, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And if God is moving on your heart this morning and you know you need to put your faith and trust in him, just say this prayer after me and mean in your heart. And I believe you'll be translated out of darkness into God's kingdom of light. Just say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me. With your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at ExceedLifeChurch.org 